welcome to WISMED On Call, a podcast from the Wisconsin Medical Society that looks at some of the top issues affecting patients and the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. I'm your host, Peter Welch, Vice President of Strategy and Partnerships, and today I want to start with a terrifying statistic. 100% of humans living today will die. Despite this, as a culture, we are pretty bad at talking about death. This discomfort has a huge impact on how patients receive care at the end of life. Thankfully, the increasing impact of advanced care planning, palliative care, and other interventions is helping people have these discussions with their loved ones and medical professionals. So joining me today to talk about the importance of these issues is Dr. George Lang, a longtime member and past president of the Medical Society, as well as a founding member of the Society's own advanced care planning initiative known as Honoring Choices Wisconsin. Welcome, Dr. Lang. Thank you. So Dr. Lang, let's start with some definitions. What is advanced care planning and how does it fit into the world of healthcare? Well, for healthy people, advanced care planning would start with a document called a healthcare power of attorney. I've always taken the point of view that the patient is president of their health care. Hmm. Their doctor or doctors are merely presidential advisors. <laughs> and who better to pick the vice president for their health care than the president of their own health care? In my case, I chose my wife. And frequently, that's what couples do. But it doesn't need to be a spouse. It can be someone that you would trust. And in this document, you indicate that this is the person that would speak for you concerning health care if you're unable to express your wishes. For this vice president of your health care to be really effective, they need to know what your wishes are should things be such that they need a health care power of attorney <laughs> to speak for them. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's great. You know, and, and I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable having these discussions, but they're so important. What are the benefits of advanced care planning to individuals and their families? Where do they really see the benefits of these conversations? Well, I believe the first benefit is to the present, to the individual, <laughs> to the patient. Mm -hmm. Because by doing such a plan and having a well-informed vice president, if you will, enables them to increase the chance of getting the care they want or should they not want a lot of care to make sure that doesn't happen either. To their families, it can pre prevents potential chaos. And sometimes we can see this with our own presidents in this country. <laughs> and the example I like to share with my patients is that of President Reagan. Mm -hmm. When he was shot, and actually uh, allegedly for a date with Jodie Foster, <laughs> uh, and he was in the surgical suite. There was someone in the White House, General Alexander Haig, who was one of his Secretary of Defense, spoke and said he was in charge. And the fact of the matter, he mm -hmm. was not. The Vice mm -hmm. President was in charge. Now that's all political. But for families to know who that person is can be invaluable. My own children have told me that who their advanced care person is should anything bad happen to them. My children are obviously younger than I am and so the tragedy there could be an auto crash or some kind of other accident that may make them unable to communicate. I know that it's my responsibility because of what my children have told me to support their choice in this case their my son-in-law or daughter-in-law as the case may be and that's what I would do. 
And actually, I never had to see the document because they told me mm-hmm. what's better than that. Hmm. What about to the broader healthcare system? What are sort of the, what, well, if I didn't have a plan, what would, what would happen if I was suddenly unresponsive and showed up and I didn't have anybody to would speak to my care? What would happen to me? Well, Peter, most places, if we have no idea what the patient's wishes are, we tend to do everything, <laughs> which is perfect if that's what the patient wanted. Mm-hmm. Not so good if it's not what the patient wanted. But frequently, because people have not done any sort of advanced care planning, we do not know. Therefore, we tend to do everything. Uh, I've had patients live in nursing homes for a long period of time, and if that's what they wanted, that's fine. So other than the individuals and the families, Dr. Lang, what are the benefits of advanced care planning to the broader healthcare system, including the physicians who serve these patients? Well, people frequently think of uh, cost in the sense of dollars and cents. But I think of the cost in the terms of the emotional strife it may cause for the loved ones of the patient, but also the emotional stress it may cause for the caregivers, be they doctors, nurses, or others, that don't understand what the patient's wishes were because they don't know. I've certainly talked to many people in theology and other areas. We have multiple religions in this country and they all frequently, those religious leaders are confronted by the family. What would our loved one want us to do? Mm. Well, those clergy are in the same situation the doctors are. What would that person really want? Yeah. What, what can a physician do? Let's say they have these conversations, but their patient never documents those choices. What can the physician do in that case? The physician could share those conversations with family members Uh, And hopefully the family members had some kind of discussion with the family. Actually, frequently the patient may talk about the death of one of their parents or both of their parents and how they were pleased with whatever choices their parents had made, Mm -hmm. uh, be it for aggressive management or less aggressive management. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to the individual. Uh, Frequently, when I bring up these subjects, patients will sometimes say to me, well, I know what you want me to say, and I'll respond, no, uh, I don't know what I want you to say. (laughs) I just want direction from you because you're the president. So when should, I'm a young man, when should I have a conversation with uh, my physician about advanced care planning? Is it ever too early? Or what are some of the trigger points in life that would cause me to want to talk to my physician about this? I believe the legal age in Wisconsin is 21. It could be 18, I may be misinformed. But I would think at that point, because when you turn 21 and you turn the legal age where you're an adult, you've lost two guardians, Mm -hmm. your parents. They may think they can speak for you, and they can speak for you, and will accept that. There is, for people that lack documentation, we would respect that. And it works wonderfully when the parents are of the same mind. What's the difference between sort of uh, the healthcare power of attorney document and some of these more complex documents that, that we see in advanced care planning? Well, within the healthcare power of attorney, you can put specific request, uh, orders. Not, no, well, not the orders. There's still requests on the advanced care planning doc, on the power of attorney document. And that would serve as a guideline. For instance, you know, um, no, I will not have a brain transplant. 
and then no one could give you a brain transplant. Um, not that we do that. <laughs> and I've I work with some people who think that I should have a brain transplant, so that's uh, <laughs> let me know when we can do that. I did have a, a family come to me uh, years ago, and the appointment was arranged, if you will, by Speaker of the House, which was actually the daughter of the patient. And so she was there, and her father was there, and the father was like the vice president, and the patient was there who was the president. This was a one-time encounter, and they had come to the daughter to arrange this meeting because she wanted to let me know that she thought there was a problem. The mother, years earlier, had been told that she had early signs of dementia. Mm. And so she took precautions because she knew where dementia was going to take her in the future as it got worse. So a time when she was still competent, she filled out an advanced care plan. Actually, this was a health care power of attorney that she had added things to to specify there was particular things she did not want. She did not want a ventilator. She did not want CPR. And she named her husband as her health care power of attorney. In my language, the vice president of her mm -hmm. health care. And should he be unable to serve, it would be her daughter, who was like Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. And the husband, in my opinion, may have turned out to be a poor choice. <laughs> and he pointed out to me, quote, she, pointing to his wife, she will not die as long as I'm alive. <laughs> wow. So I pointed out to him that, well, the form didn't really say that. And he said, I'm the health care power of attorney. I had great empathy for him, and I just assumed he loved her too much hmm. and couldn't let go. So I suggested to him he could do it a President Nixon. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? And I said, President Nixon's the only president that has done this. And he said, what's that? I said, he resigned. <laughs> because if he had so much love for his wife that he just couldn't let her go, he could resign. Mm -hmm. His response was immediate. He pointed to his daughter and said, quote, she would let her die, <sighs> end quote. So I then turned the conversation to the daughter. And I said, well, do you know why President Nixon resigned? <laughs> she said, no. And I said, well, the day before, Congressional leaders came to explain if he didn't resign, he would be removed through impeachment. So I said, your option at this point, Madam Speaker, <laughs> is to take him in front of a judge. And if he says this in front of a judge, he would be removed mm. because he was not following her written instructions. Yeah. At least that was my opinion. I'm not an attorney, so I could be wrong, but I think that's what would happen. However, unlike Paul Harvey, I do not have the rest of the story. <laughs> I never saw any of them ever again. Wow. I do want to say that I felt he took excellent care of his wife. Mm. Uh, she was well-groomed and very well taken care of. I did feel sorry for the situation he found himself in. Also felt sorry for the situation his wife was in and the daughter. Mm. 
but that's how it is sometimes, even if you have an advanced care plan. So if you do have an advanced care plan, I do urge you to choose wisely. <laughs> well, what an amazing story, Dr. Lang. I think it really illustrates one of the challenges our members will find themselves in as they work with their patients throughout their lives. What are some of the other hurdles that, you, that people encounter when trying to implement ACP? Why aren't more people doing this? I think the number one reason not to do this is people don't know they have the right to do this. Hmm. And so that's what the medical society and others are working on to keep people well informed. I think another reason, even for the people that are well informed, it's not a fun thing to do. It's hmm. not a fun thing to think about that someday you're going to die. But it also may not be a fun thing to find yourself in a situation you really wouldn't want to be in. Um, unfortunately, I have seen patients that, as best I could tell, could not communicate with the world. They couldn't do anything for themselves. And some of these patients have received excellent care in nursing homes or other long-term care settings. But personally, my goal in life is not to just to keep a bed warm in a nursing home mm -hmm. or some other long-term care setting. Yeah. What advice would you give our audience of clinicians if they want to promote advanced care planning among their patients? Where can they start? I think they start by merely having the conversation. Surveys have told us that physicians are much more likely to have an advanced care plan than their patients. So I certainly was comfortable with pointing out to people, I have an advanced care plan, and I would encourage them to have an advanced care plan. I really can't tell people what they want. That's up to the individual and more power to them for those that want everything or they don't want everything. I feel the president, the individual patient, has that right to choose as long as they're well informed. What about religious complications? People who want to make sure that their spiritual practices are woven into those decisions. How do you navigate that as a, as a physician? Well, I suggest that they want, they, they can talk to their respective clergy. The clergy I've talked to all believe in, they may say it differently, but in essence, that we all come from God hmm. and that we all have souls. And when we're about to die, our soul yearns to return to God. Hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, because they've all said <laughs> this differently. But it's interesting, to a certain extent, I get the message that will be it to anybody that tries to interfere with that soul returning to God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I never thought of before until I heard it too many times, said in different ways. Well, it's fascinating the way that, you know, the, the science and the spiritual can come together in these kinds of conversations. And they are concerned because, once again, as I said earlier, family will come to them and they'll want to know what their loved one would want. Mm -hmm. And they don't know, just like the family doesn't know. So it's nice to have an inkling of what they would want. What, what advice would you give to the broader, our broader audience, the audience of patients out there? Because even every physician is a patient too. How do they approach advanced care planning to their physician, to their healthcare practitioner, to their family? And what advice can you give them about having the courage to do that? Well, for those that are religious, they may want to talk to their clergy. Uh, if their doctor has not brought it up, uh, they should bring it up to their doctor, and the doctor typically refers them. Just like if I have a new patient that happens to have diabetes, I'll refer them to a diabetic educator. 
If I have a patient that doesn't have a health care power of attorney, I'm going to refer them to a social worker or a facilitator, someone that will help them uh, express what they want. Once again, it's not that the facilitator or social worker is going to tell them what they want, but to give them the information they need so they can make decisions about their care in the future should they find themselves in such a state. Another thing that's important is if you fill out these forms, uh, your health care power of attorney should have a copy. Your doctor should have a copy. And hopefully if your doctor is part of a system or practices within a system, that system would have a copy. The Medical Society hopes that sometime in the future that just like there's an electronic directory of all immunizations in Wisconsin, there'd be an electronic directory available to everyone in Wisconsin where you could put these documents. And maybe this is something that would be wise on the national basis. I know that there was a notice somewhere, a small notice, that President Obama, while he was in office, it was announced that he has an advanced care plan. I presume he's not the first president to have an advanced care plan, but people don't like talking about this, which I don't understand. So I'm grateful that he mentioned it. Um, and I've talked to other politicians about this, and it's a subject they really don't want to talk about, <laughs> which I find fascinating. But I do find politicians that are supportive of our efforts to let people know this information. Maybe most of us think we just won't die. <laughs> That'll never happen to me. Well, if you'd like more information about advanced care planning, you can visit www.honoringchoiceswi.org. And that'll wrap up this edition of WISMED On Call. Thank you, Dr. Lang, for being here. Well, if you like what you heard here, visit our website, www.wisconsinmedicalsociety.org, and look for future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. If you have suggestions or feedback, send an email to communications at wismed.org. Thank you for listening.